You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Day two of Broncos training camp in the books. I'm Andrew Mason, joined here in the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse studio by the inimitable Ryan Edwards of KOA News Radio 850-941 in Denver. You want to start with the good or the bad? Well, I'm a, I tend to be a glass half full kind of guy. So let's let's start with the good, and then we'll transition to the bad, and maybe we'll find something good even in the bad. Sometimes the good and the bad can be the same. It depends on your perspective. Yeah, you take the good, you take the bad. You take them all, and there you have it's facts of life. Or as Peter Griffin once said, my opening statement. <laughs> I miss this. Mace, <laughs> that's fun. That's good. That's good. Okay, so let's start with the good. Let's be positive. Start with Cortland Sutton. Oh. Nice bounce back day Absolutely. for number 14 after a couple of drops in the opening practice Thursday here at the UCL Training Center. Yeah, he had a tremendous catch along the right sideline, had to high point it. And what was really cool about that play, actually, is Joe Flacco threw it before Cortland Sutton really had come completely out of his break. But he had to throw it at a high point because of where the defense was at. But that that connection was it was a thing of beauty. He came up, he high pointed it, came down with it with possession. That's what he can do. That's and wide receiver one work. That's exactly right. And no no drops today. There was a moment where I think it was a square in, and he wasn't there in time for the pass. I think I, I couldn't tell if it was a miscommunication between Flacco and Sutton, but. But Sutton got up and he clapped his hands and kind of barked at the air because he wasn't happy about the play. Maybe he thought he could have made it, but it was in front of him a little bit. But otherwise, yeah, really nice day. Yeah, good day for Cortland Sutton. Really uh, some solid work by the receivers all around. Deshaun Hamilton had a couple of good catches yep. over the course of the practice. River Craycraft so got involved, making some nice catches down the middle of the field. You saw Kelvin McKnight. You saw Trandy Benson get involved. Yeah. I want to go to the tight ends, though. Have to. Today was a big tight end day. A big tight end day. And we've talked a lot about the veterans. Let's talk a little about Austin Fort, the rookie undrafted out of Wyoming, because lo and behold, there was a moment midway through the team periods of practice, and you looked out there, and you saw Austin Fort getting a first-team rep, getting some looks up there. Now, Jake Butt, he's still limited to seven-on-seven work at this point. They're still easing him back in. But the fact that you saw Fort actually rotating in with the first team, along with Noah Fant and Troy Fumagalli and Jeff Hireman, there's I think there's some traction to Austin Fort maybe being able to work his way up the roster if he can carry this forward to when pads go on this weekend. But that's the thing is he just has to continue to show consistency every single day. And he's developed some nice chemistry with Drew Locke. There was a, a series in the seven-on-seven seven where Drew Locke targeted the first two plays and then I think just Jake Budd on the third one. I mean, tight ends were really, really heavily involved today in the plan. Noah Fant got run with all four quarterbacks. He got an opportunity to play with all of them. Uh, you're right. I mean, that you're seeing even Bug Howard. Bug Howard had the second best catch of the day on a seam route down the middle. It was a that was awesome. He a went up thicket high. of defenders around. There were four defenders in the area, and, and he Bug was, Howard what? just gets up and makes Tw- the play. 25, 30 yards downfield. Like, and he just got up and on top of all of them. And but I mean, he's a converted wide receiver. You know, he's got those kinds of skills. And then the, you know, it's real more about if it has, has his blocking. Can his blocking work at the pro level? But we know he's got that ability. But my goodness, uh, what what a day for tight ends! I'm glad you brought up Austin Ford, uh, stringing it together two days in a row. 
look, it's an offense that's going to utilize the tight ends. It's really good practice. We talked to Josie Jewell after practice. It's really good practice for these linebackers and safeties because that's what the NFL is going to. And you remember last year, Mace, I was thinking about this during practice, last year when the Chicago Bears came here. Oh, my gosh. Every single tight end on their roster had a field day against the Broncos. Every single one. That was when we knew something wasn't right with Darian Stewart. Yes. Because they had two steps on him every time. It didn't matter what tight end was in. They were going to destroy the Broncos' defense. Starters, backups did not matter. That's what this kind of reminds me of. It reminds me of, uh, uh, you look, this is going to be good practice for the Broncos' defense because they see tight ends throughout the year. They see these pass-catching tight ends, and I was kind of thinking about that throughout the course of practice. Yeah, let's actually play that conversation with Josie Jewell right now because he talks about, obviously, the changes at inside linebacker with Todd Davis out for a few weeks and seeing Alexander Johnson and Justin Hollins rotating in, but also at the end gets into how this offense helps make the defense better in terms of what is being thrown at them on a daily basis. Chatting with Josie Jewell, how, how have you felt like the defense is coming together so far in the first couple of days of training camp? Yeah, definitely. Uh, communication has been a big key. Um, you know, that's the one thing you want to focus on early on is just be able to communicate with everybody um, and be able to do it fast. You know, if you're going to do a you know a no huddle offense and stuff like that, and you want guys to you know get out there and understand what they're doing, understand other people's jobs too. Um, so I think that's been going really well, and you know we're just progressing day by day. With Todd out, how does that help facilitate the, the communication process between you guys? I mean, is, it's tougher, there's more pressure without having that veteran in there. How are you guys adjusting? I think we're adjusting pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's got a bunch of guys behind us and, you know, behind Todd that uh, have been doing a really good job. Um, they know their stuff. Coach makes us know our stuff pretty dang good. So, um, you know, I think they're really able to uh, communicate pretty dang well um, for what maybe people, other people think or, you know, they think Todd's down, maybe it's going to be terrible. But, you know, I think they're doing a great job and, that's why he got backups. I mean, guys that are doing a great job right behind him and that could start right behind him too. So, of course, he worked alongside Alexander and also Justin Hollins today. How are they coming along, especially Justin being a rookie and having to learn inside after being an edge at Oregon? Yeah, I think it might be, you know, it could take uh, it could take some people's a while, but I think he's doing a great job. I think he's progressing really well um, and understanding it. So, you know, hats off to him. and I think he's doing a great job so far, and hopefully he just keeps on progressing day by day. The history of linebackers with Vic Fangio's scheme has been uh, a really, really impressive one. Have you felt as though that uh, there's a connection to linebackers specifically in this scheme that really is going to allow you to be very successful? Um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of stuff in this in this scheme. Um, you know, if you can just be a little smarter than the other guys out there, it's definitely going to help you a lot. And I think, um, you know, if you're just one step ahead, one sec. He always talks about being one second ahead, and that's huge, um, and especially at his linebacker position during for his defense. Um, and it's really just, you know, reading other people, reading the quarterback, um, reading other players and stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely a head game. Is it fun going up against Noah again in practice? Yeah, it's good seeing him. I can't wait to put the pads on against him. So he, <laughs> hopefully he tries to cross the middle a couple times. We'll see what happens. What was it like going against him at college? And did you get any licks on him in practice at Iowa? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I probably did. I don't remember them all. But uh, he, he probably got me a couple times, too. Uh, he's, a, he's a speed demon out there. So... You know, I'm, just, I'm excited for him, excited to see what he can do and you know, hopefully he can grow and uh, get to the next level. Speaking of the tight ends, this offense, man, I mean, it's just 
targets of tight ends, running backs all over the place. I mean, is that really great for you, though? I mean, as, f- as far as, you know, preparing for the season? Definitely great work, yeah. Just be able to, uh, you know, go up against various different guys. I mean, you got a bunch of guys out there, a bunch of running backs that run like wide receivers sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you got a bunch of tight ends that can move pretty fast um, and are good in space and also some guys that can block really well. So, you know, I think we're getting the best work we can possibly get. I don't think you can go anywhere else and get, you know, the work with uh, that we are getting against these guys. So grateful for that. And, and, you know, hopefully that'll make us better throughout the season. You guys get a lot of pressure on the offense without uh, having to send a lot of guys. Is that an exciting point for you, for you guys, point of pride? Yeah, it's definitely nice. You don't have to, you know, hopefully uh, hold coverage long. Um, but, uh, you know, you still want to be able to hold it long and uh, and see what can happen and, and just do your job to the best ability. And, you know, I think we got a, a bunch of guys up front that are doing a great job so far. How does going against this offensive scheme make you guys more disciplined as linebackers? Yeah, you see all their boots out there. You see all their different sorts of plays, some inserts, um, some counters, stuff like that. So read your keys. Um and don't be too fast on stuff. So that's that's huge. And, you know, when we did go against the 49ers, they ran a bunch of that stuff. And it's just, you know, getting you ready for everything, getting you ready for your eyes to be perfect um, and not to be too fast, not to be too slow on stuff and really be able to read it all out. For you, if there was a goal on something to improve from year one to year two, what would that be? I think there's a bunch of them, you know. Um, I'm really never satisfied with anything. And, and last year, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't amazing by any standpoint for me. And, um, you know, I think every part of the game. But, you know, I, I look at it as there's some pass coverage stuff, some man-to-man stuff that I really like to get better on. And I think I have throughout the offseason um, and have coaches, you know, help us throughout the meeting room and talk to us and better ways to, you know, take away the inside, take away the outside and stuff like that and really understand, you know, this year it feels a lot better. I, I'm, I'm understanding. I don't know if it's just year two, between one year and two year, but uh, – or if it's the new coaches, but really understanding where you got help, where you can push people, and you'll still be fine if they go that way, and this will be good if they go the other way. So, you know, just really understanding your job, I think. Uh, but that's that's definitely one thing I wanted to get better off from last year. I feel like it's going pretty good so far. One of the things about Rich Gangarello's offense and Gary Kubiak's and Mike Shanahan's, you've been watching it for the better part of the last 25 years, if you're a Bronco fan who's been around for a while, is that so many plays at the snap look the same and then when you see the you see the linemen kind of go off in one direction the quarterback boot in the other that's when they start looking different but there is a heavy emphasis on staying home not getting caught out of position when you face this scheme and that's something that I think is going to help some of these young defenders as well and especially at inside linebacker, guys like Alexander Johnson, even Josie Jewell, who started some last year, Joe Jones, learning how to avoid over-pursuing, staying at home, making sure they stay true to their responsibilities. Well, and you also have to factor in the talent of the tight ends now, too, right? I mean, when you have multiple guys that can catch passes and, and burn you, that is also a big factor. So if you run, say, 12 personnel, you got a couple of tight ends out there, both of whom could be running routes, one could stay in blocking. The versatility that you have, I mean, it's kind of what the Chiefs do right now. They run that with too wide, too tight, and they have the running back, and they kind of move everybody all over the formation, and, and it's really tough for most teams to keep up with that. Now, Rich Gangarello was a part of an offense in San Francisco that used the fullback more than any other last year. And while I don't want to jump to conclusions after two days, neither of which have pads, it has been interesting to see the prevalence of two tight end formations in terms of what the Broncos offense is doing and how often you see one of those tight ends actually go into the backfield. You see Troy Fumagalli motion back and then effectively be an H-back fullback. What does this mean for Andy Janovich, perhaps? Well, 
he's still being utilized, but you're right. I mean, if they find some versatility there, that's a that's a really important roster spot on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's an O-lineman that you feel like you, you have to keep, that you won't be able to get back or sneak on the practice squad, whether it's an extra running back. I mean, we've talked about three running backs for a while, but there's a couple of guys that are having a good start to camp, Kalfani Muhammad as well as Devontae Jackson. So, you know, it, it becomes a very valuable roster spot if you can find somebody else to play that role. And he is in a contract. He's in his final year with the Broncos. You can probably say that Kalfani Muhammad had the play of the day right there at the end on the wheel route from Brett Rippon, Steve Atwater's Bay. <laughs> but he was having a good day anyway. Yes. Like he was having a really good day. He was. Great he... cuts, great running. I mean, he was he was having a nice day. It was capped by that beautiful wheel route. But in the end, I would have come in here talking about Kalfani Muhammad either way. But that was a heck of a throw. Oh. Because yeah. Alexander Johnson, to his credit, was right there step for step. It says a lot for him that he's 250-plus pounds, and he's right there. And he didn't think that Kalfani Muhammad made the grab. By my eyes, looking from up top, I thought he did. Yeah, I mean, what defensive player ever thinks they made the grab along the boundary? They're yes. always motioning out with of course. hands. They're out, they're out, they're out. But uh, in the end, it's yeah. It's a reflex I, action. That's right. <laughs> it is basically a reflex action. So Alexander Johnson happened to be there on the play. But to his credit, he was right there and did what he was supposed to do. Sometimes you tip your cap to the quarterback and the Mm -hmm. receiver for making an outstanding play. Let's check in with Alexander Johnson, who, of course, saw some first-team work next to Josie Jewell at inside linebacker. Johnson and Justin Hollins split the reps with the first team there. Here's that conversation. All right, we're chatting with Alexander Johnson. All right, so uh, you uh, had a big opportunity today. Of course, we never want to see guys get hurt, but you did have a chance to step up, and how did you feel you did? I think I did pretty good. Uh, obviously, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to trying to get there. My only goal is make, go out there and make no no missed assignments is the biggest thing. Go out there and play no missed assignments, and then once that comes, I'll be able to play the fastest I can. And when I'm playing fast, it's, I'm, out, I'm out there. I'm going to destroy some stuff when I'm able to just go and, and play fast. Game starting to slow down for you as practice moves on? I mean, you get more reps with the ones. Is it, is it slowing down for you? Yes, sir, uh, for sure. Like you said, the more reps you get, the more opportunities you get to get in there and just get those reps. It's gonna slow down. Like, like say I do two reps here. If I end up doing four reps, those four reps gonna be by the fifth rep. I should have it to the T. So, more reps you get, the better you are gonna get at it. That's big. Yeah. <laughs> now that you've been in this scheme for a few months, how well do you think it fits your skill set compared to last year's defense? I can't really say nothing much about last year. I, I didn't play. So, but like obviously this defense right here. Uh, I played on this defense my sophomore year in college. Uh, this is one of the defense we played, and one of our coach, outside linebacker coaches is the same scheme from college to here, Brandon Staley. So it's like pretty much about the same scheme. Obviously, it's, going, it's going more advanced and everything, but like a scheme is a scheme. The biggest thing is getting my job and learning. It don't matter what scheme I'm able in. I, if I get my calls in, line up and play, I'm going to go out there. And, I'm going to go out there and make plays. There seems to be a lot of excitement on the defensive side of the ball for this scheme. Just your read on it. Why, why more excitement this year than maybe in years past? I can't really talk about years past. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, well, but I just last year. From last year, like, like the the feeling in the locker room, the way the defense sometimes after games it seemed really frustrated with the miscommunication and not really understanding things. And then this year, it seems everybody's like pretty optimistic about things. I can't say we got, we got a great coach in here. That's, we got a, we got a defensive court, defensive coach, and he's the head coach. He's a great coach. He got a great background. His past defense that he coached under was one of the tops in the league. So, 
and he's carrying it over. Like we got great coaches in when they coaching us up in the right way and getting the scheme down and we're going we're gonna to be able to play faster and that's the biggest thing, play fast and make plays. And they line us up in position to make plays. With, uh, with Todd out, what are you and Josie doing to kind of increase and facilitate communication on the defense? Pretty, pretty much just pretty much as Todd and Josie did, they communicate with each, with each other on the field, and I'm communicating with him on the field, and that's the biggest thing. Like I got this alignment, he got this, he got this coverage, I got this coverage. We know which coverage we in, and and that's that's going to carry us a long way. Instead of just lining up and just getting there lined up and not talking, you're going to be thinking a lot more. When you speaking with speaking with your guys and talking out loud, it's going to click in your head faster, and you're going to be able to react faster and play faster. Even though you didn't get out there in the regular season last year, being on the practice squad, also what you've done in the offseason, how are you a better player now than when you showed up here in August? I am a better player now. Uh, I want to be a better player. I want to get better. I can't really say I'm a better player now because I didn't get to play last year, so it's really hard to compare off, off of that. But uh, this year my goal is to make the 53 help the team, and play the best as I can, play the fastest I can. And when I get a chance to get on that field, go out there and make some big plays. Now, Johnson, I thought it was interesting. Some guys, sometimes I ask guys about a year on the practice squad, and they'll talk about the things they learned. Alexander Johnson, not so much. He wasn't wants to play. There. It's about the game for him. Yeah, it wasn't a lot there. And, and, and Alexander Johnson, he's – look. As far as athlete goes, uh, he, he could be really, really special at inside linebacker. And that's one of the reasons why the Broncos brought him in so late. He had that opportunity after everything was sort of cleared up there at Tennessee. But he didn't really get opportunities last year other than special teams. That's the one thing we remember is that play on the kickoff against Washington in the preseason. But this time around, with a new coaching staff with fresh eyes, he was the first one in. Todd Davis out. It was him and Josie Jewell. I think that's significant, even though we expect to see others rotating in as to as per what Vic Fangio said after practice, there's something to being the first guy in and getting that first shot. We talked about a relation to Don Barclay in the offseason as far as filling in for Ron Leary. That was something that came up. We said, oh, well, there you go. That's that's the first guy in. You got to get an idea of where the depth chart currently sits. It could change all of next week, and you mentioned it perfectly. Joe Jones is a, a very good special teamer as well. We both have him on this roster right now. He'll get his opportunities too. You also, I, I think in a, in a weird way with the Todd Davis injury, it does force you to try a few different things, maybe having safeties play up in the box a little bit more. I mean, nickel is basically your, your base anyways at this point. But you could have you could move safeties around. Honestly, this could be great news for Sua Cravens in, yes. in a in a very interesting way. Who had an interception today? Good day for Sua. Could be a could be very interesting news for him. Yeah, Sua Cravens, Joe Jones, Devonte Bosby, all had interceptions. It's an actual transition then to talk about the quarterbacks and talk about Kevin Hogan, Woof. who had a second consecutive rough day. You're being kind. It's it's pretty it's it's rough to the point that there had. The only consistency is the inconsistency and the interceptions now. And you're right. He was the only quarterback to throw picks today. He had three of them. And yesterday he threw, I think, at least a couple or at least one. I, I mean, I know Bosby's got back-to-back -back days. But, yeah, Kevin Hogan, it just it's more of what we saw in the offseason where Drew Locke 
You can see improved footwork. You you can see improved pocket presence. There are things. Now he's going against third teams, but so he reacts to, better to pressure. He does. They're both seeing pressure from the edge. We talked about Malik Reed yesterday. Today, Jeff Holland yes. was bringing the thunder off the edge with the second team defense, and that caused problems for Kevin Hogan. But what I see from Drew Locke is a more natural feel for the rush, the ability to step up and out of pressure. I'm not getting that from Kevin Hogan watching him right now. No. And as we noted, like I said, in the offseason, both of them looked far behind Joe Flacco. Drew Locke doesn't look as far behind him right no. now. Now he is with the threes, but he's seeing some second-team reps. They changed up the rotation a little bit in terms of giving Drew Locke some second-team reps, giving Brett Rippon some third-team reps when Drew Locke was working with the twos. Rippon, more extensive work Friday than Thursday. And I thought it was a good day for him. One thing that concerns me a little bit is the right side of the offensive line. Yes. They're giving up a lot of pressure right now. Now it is Von Miller, but it doesn't mean you're going to see weaker competition in the AFC West. Well, you saw actually a change today when Ron Leary went out. It was Jake Brendel, the former Miami Dolphin who played for Chris Cooper down there the last few years. Jake Brendel was working at right guard, not Don Barclay. So they're trying to learn something about him. But Brendel, of course, having the advantage of a background with Chris Cooper, the assistant O-line coach, to Mike Munchak, that, that I think bears monitoring. I would like to see tomorrow who's getting those first-team reps. There was some shuffling on the offensive line with the second team. You saw Elijah Wilkinson go from left tackle to right tackle. So they're trying to figure out how the pieces work. But on the first team, Jawan James, he's getting tested he is. by Vaughn Miller in a big way. And Bradley Chubb showed up a little more today. Yes, he did. Saw, saw him against the run. I thought yes, he had a very good day. He did. And I saw him meeting Vaughn in the backfield a couple of times. Maybe Vaughn got there just a step before, but they were he was right there. So it was a good day for Bradley Chubb. There was something I did see from Garrett Bowles going against Bradley Chubb that was encouraging a few times, and it was the ability to guide Bradley Chubb wide and behind Joe Flacco. Now, Flacco having more pocket presence than some other quarterbacks of recent Broncos vintage, Flacco has the ability to feel the pressure and step up better than, say, Trevor Simeon or Case Keenum, guys who tended to drift more in the pocket. He doesn't and do that. It, so that helps Garrett Bowles, and it allows him to use kind of the wide push to guide an edge rusher behind the quarterback and that is as effective as simply stonewalling the guy, and against a guy like Bradley Chubb, probably a lot more realistic. That's a really good observation uh, from you. And, you know, most of the time with Joe Flacco, I've noticed, at least in these early practices, his drift tends to be more sideways. He doesn't drift back. He's kind of drifting along the line. But that so, buys time. But it buys time, right. And he made a really nice throw. He was veering to the left, mm -hmm. and he's kind of off balance, and he just sort of wings it, and completes it gets a lot of zip on the pass yeah he does he's still got a lot of zip and th that's that's pretty evident but th that's a good you know I hadn't thought about it in terms of comparing to the other quarterbacks but you are not seeing that now the one thing that I I caution and I worry about is if we get through the course of training camp and one of the things that was something we noticed with Case Keenum last year is at one point late in the season he stopped trusting his O-line if Joe Flacco is getting pressure constantly in his face, 
hopefully that doesn't seep in for him. Well, you do that one thing you worry about is that the constant pressure from that side causes the clock to malfunction a little bit. Bingo. And look, most edge rushers on that side aren't Von Miller. But a few there are a few that lurk on the Broncos' schedule. I mean, you look at uh, uh, what the Chiefs are going to bring uh, with the tandem they've got off the edge going into the 4-3 scheme. The Chargers, uh, there are pass rushers capable of causing some problems from that side that are on the schedule. And, of course, for one game in Week 2, Cleo Mack mm-hmm. is going to be sitting right there, and uh, that's, going to be, that, that's going to be rough. You go against Von Miller, it gets you ready for that. But you hope that you don't cause damage. And the thing is with Juwan James, he has confidence. I think he'll be able to bounce back. But it, it certainly is a little bit troublesome that you're watching play after play. And this is actually all the way down the depth chart as well. That right side, it's caving in in pass pro. Uh, that's it. And that and that's really the, Yeah, let's put the pads on yeah, and see if course. it gets better. Steve Atwater will be the first to point out to you, hey, the pads go on, it helps the offensive line. But if we see that continue over the course of Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I think that's going to be the first alarm bell that rings for the Broncos in twenty nineteen. Well said. Ryan, appreciate it. Talk to you tomorrow. For Ryan Edwards, I'm Andrew Mason. This is the Broncos Camp Podcast Day Two. We'll talk to you on Saturday, wrapping up day three. 